This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned after the show for a special offer. Hey guys, welcome to episode 875 of the Neo Win podcast. <laughs> um, I'm Rich Woods. And I'm Jean Karashkaira. I, I don't know which episode we're on. I usually ask you before the show. Oh, it's 22. It's 22. Welcome to episode 22. <laughs> I also, this is, this is likely going to be my final episode. And so since you're going to be doing this show for decades and decades. Oh, ago, obviously. I just yeah. wanted something <laughs> that people could return to and be like, he's still with us. You know? So yeah, um, um, next week is going to be my last week at, at NeoWin. So this will, like I said, likely be our my last podcast unless we just decide to do one next week for whatever reason, you know? You never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know what, what might happen next week if we, if we decide to do a podcast because of it, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, it, it, once you leave, that, that means this will be the last episode. I'm not going to do the podcast alone and we have no one else at Neil Wynn. <laughs> oh, really? You're not going to do it anymore? No, probably not. That's I, a shame. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. Well, I guess we should get down to business. That was yeah. uh, that's depressing news to me. I didn't know you were going to stop. <laughs> I can do it alone. Well, you could. Anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. Windows ten. You want to do Windows ten first? Yeah, let's start with that. It's not. It's a, um, it's a good one. It there's is good news. We got we got. There's lots to unpack. Cause we we got we got a new build this week. Build two one three five four, and um. Like there's a few things that that are new, but but the the thi- the the big story to me was that it's from the Cobalt release branch. Um, right. So which, Microsoft is already getting ready to finish up the next feature update. I mean, it, that's it's that's not terribly uncommon. I, I didn't go back and look when they switched to Iron release, but according to the blog post, it's it was in October, so that lines up. Right. Um, yeah. They look to RTM usually in in June, like like they're, like they're on a June December RTM schedule, and then it gets released to consumers in you know whatever uh, somewhere between March and May, and then somewhere between September and November. Right. So um, you know, cause, and then they're gonna they're gonna service this thing for a few months, but this that means it's almost done. Right. Yeah. It's it's almost done. they've made a few changes already that I think are worth it. I think we all expected a bit more though, especially after Sun all that Sun Valley well, stuff we heard of about. Of course, we all expected a bunch <laughs> more, you know. But like like Windows Ten, it's it's a it's an interesting animal because like we've talked about this before, where where uh, last fall's release became a minor release because Windows Ten X was supposed to RTM. And then the spring release was supposed to be a big one, like we've seen in spring releases before, a full build as an update. But then that didn't happen because Windows 10X was delayed. That became a minor update again. So like everything that we had ever heard about, we just kind of all assumed it's just coming in 21H2. Um, They might go back to a major update in the spring, which they've publicly said that the the minor update typically comes in the fall. So they could do a major update this fall and then another major update the next spring. What they could also do is another minor update this fall and push everything back to next spring. They haven't said, um, remember if you're in the dev channel, it's supposed to be perpetual pre-release, okay? 
So like like when they did Iron release last October, that was completely meaningless to insiders. So so they could do Cobalt release for the next couple months and then just say, okay, we're going to do an enablement package for 21H2. We're back on RS pre-release, which really screws over everyone in the dev channel that was hoping to, to put their machine back on production at some point. Yeah, that would really suck, especially now that we actually have, you know, we've actually had significant updates and they're moving these builds. I mean, yeah, I guess the, we also had uh, iron builds that didn't never made it to production. But yeah, no, it's just, yes, it's just, I was thinking that we have the, all these new features that are, and now we suddenly switch to a ring, to, to a new branch, and now that doesn't lead to anything again. And that right. kind of sucks. See that that used to it used to be fast ring slow ring release preview ring and the fast ring everything was tied to an update so fast ring was was weekly updates for the next next feature update of Windows 10 and so you knew that when that update went to release preview you could switch your machine from the fast ring to release preview and then eventually you could just switch to production Right now, if you're in the dev channel, or if you signed up sometime in the last year or so, you actually have to do a factory reset to get on production builds because they don't tie it to a, a, a feature release anymore. And it, it, ma it makes it harder if you only want to do this temporarily. And, you know, um, but let's talk about those features that we were assuming, are assuming are coming in 21H2. Like, because... Usually when it goes to release, that means they're done. They're pretty much done adding features, but they added a bunch of features for this build. So Sun Valley, um, the design changes, right? We've Yeah, we've seen some of that. that that's actually in, in these builds. Here's the thing. How do we even know it's just some of that? No one's ever, like, like, like Zach it's, Bowden of Windows Central has talked a lot about that, that it's coming. Um, uh, the, there's a lot of, of things that are potentially coming as part of it, but I, I mean, like, like if I said, what, what's, what's in sun, the new sun Valley design scheme that's still missing. I don't think any of us would have an actual answer. That's true. What, what, were rounded corners the big thing? I think that oh, was rounded, <laughs> well, if you ask Zach, it's a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> Zach loves his rounded corners. And by the way, <laughs> I love rounded corners too. I like like just to go on a little bit of a tangent for a second. Every other operating system has had rounded corners in some way for years. Okay. And it was bad in Windows 8 when we when we had sharp corners and we had like how much better would tiles have looked in Windows 8 if they just had rounded corners? Like, like there's something about sharp corners that are just not pleasing to the eye. Yeah, it feels super retro, I guess, and I, I get maybe that was their intention for a while—that simplicity, sort of thing. But I, I think it doesn't fit anymore, especially with everything they've done to the rest of the UI, like the fluent design icons and everything. It just feels wrong now. Yeah, I, I well, yeah, my, my, <laughs> I feel like Microsoft a lot of the time goes for um, stylish UI, or at least at least in recent years, maybe since like. Like uh, maybe 2010, like Windows Phone 7 and forward, uh, then Windows 8, Windows Phone 8 and stuff. They go for stylish UI rather than, say, classic UI, where where when I say stylish UI, I mean like, like they make something where you say, like, this is the current trend. 
this is going to look good to people now. But you could easily look at it and say, like, in 30 years, we're going to look back at this and be like, what the hell were we thinking? <laughs> you know? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like design trends. Rather than when I say classic, I mean stuff where in 30 years you're going to be like, wow, that that thing was beautiful, you know? Yes, yeah, so, some things are not as timeless. And yeah, I can right. I can see some of the, the, the things Microsoft has done not really standing the test of time like that. Right. And that, like I feel like Apple is just the opposite where they, they're, you know, if you look at Mac OS Big Sur, it's beautiful. And in 30 years, we're going to look back on it and we're going to say that was beautiful. So, Right. And they, even when they modernize things, I think people still, still, uh, still have some fond memories of our iOS icons used to look like. like people remember oh, yeah. old iOS, but the new yeah, look is still pretty good. And I think you don't really remember the same way. You're right, though. If you look back at those icons back from iOS 6, those are beautiful. They look <laughs> yeah. nice. They look nice. But uh, what else um, in uh, 21H2 were we expecting? We had, uh, well, the, the X, X64 emulation for, uh, for ARM, that's been in testing for a while. They haven't promised that for 21H2. I was always under the understanding that it was scheduled for the spring update and then obviously pushed back to that full update. Uh, so so I would assume that's coming, and I, I bet there will be a Surface Pro X timed with it later this year, um, assuming Qualcomm has a product, which we talked about two weeks ago. But um, also uh, Android apps, right? Project Latte? Oh, I think, yeah. Called. I've only that been, was, yeah. That was that, supposed to show up at some point. I forgot. Um, I forgot that even existed. Yeah, yeah. Well, there hasn't been any talk about it because, like, what's the, there's nothing to talk about because you got to remember, um, there's a report that Project Latte is coming and it's going to have Android emulation, and like that's it until until Microsoft actually announces something. That's the whole story. Right. Yeah. You know, like, there's nothing else to add. Yeah, I guess the only difference now is that we already have the Windows sound, uh, the Windows subsystem, subsystem from Linux, and that could be like a foundation. Right, right. And you you gotta wonder, um, since we have WSL, I wonder if it would actually take an OS update to add Android app support. I wonder if you could just update WSL without updating the OS and, and actually just kind of add that. But I, I don't know. Is there a uh, separate package? I didn't think it was. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't come pre-installed in Windows 10, so I, I assume that. Oh, you have to enable it in the in apps and features. Oh yeah, then yeah. maybe they could yeah. probably update the feature. Yeah. Maybe, but I mean, they they're also getting a lot better at adding features through cumulative updates, uh, Windows feature experience packs. Um, th they're looking at ways to, to add features to Windows 10 without a full OS upgrade. And that, like a big reason for that, right, is, is this enablement package that we're seeing where they're actually just injecting features into Windows 10 and not telling us. And then they're just lighting them up and calling it a feature update like they're doing with 21H1 and they did with 20H2. Um, right. So, I, I mean, I, I wonder if they could. It's obviously it's not it's not in testing like. The thing is, like, assuming there's a big feature update on the way for 21H2, right? Right, yeah. It's a natural assumption that switching to the Cobalt release ring 
means that we're pretty much done seeing new features for 21H2. That could be wrong. That could be totally wrong. They could right. do whatever they want. They can add, they can add new features. Um, you know, another thing they could do is they can go and switch back to RS pre-release in, you know, July and add more features and then split it up to the, to the beta channel. Like, we're making these assumptions based on what, what they've historically done. It doesn't mean they have to do it. Right. Yeah. It, and they're hard to predict because, I mean, they just haven't communicated properly for the past year or right. longer. Right. Well, well, they never tell us what's actually going on. Right. That's true. Um, and, and sometimes it's just outright lies. Like when they <laughs> said that Windows 10X was built from the ground up for dual screen devices, that was an outright lie. Um, when, they, when they said that they they that 21H1 was an enablement package because of COVID. They blamed they blamed the pandemic and they said, well, so many people are working from home still and we don't want to disrupt them with a major update. That was an outright lie because um, we, we know why, why that was happening, right? Right, yeah. Um, and that, like, that was on the roadmap probably even before the pandemic. No, 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 because, because Windows 10X was still supposed to ship in the fall before the pandemic. But... right. You know, so so like they're they're terrible at being transparent about any of this stuff. So there was always a rumor that there was going to be some type of Windows focused event, and I think we all assumed that they, that they're, that's when they were going to really show off the stuff that was coming in twenty one H two, because usually like like that's what they used to do when they showed off Windows features. They would show them off and then they would release them. You know, so maybe they'll still do that. Maybe. Uh, I mean, maybe at Build, even though Build hasn't really been a Windows-focused event for a while now. It won't be at Build. I guarantee. <laughs> you know, like, like so many people say, like, oh, they should time this with Build because that's what they used to do, like, four years ago. Yeah, they never but that's do not, that. Yeah, that's not what Build is anymore. They, they'll, if, if they have a Windows-focused event, they'll do a virtual showcase event where you'll have some Windows guys walking around and, and they'll, they'll demo some things, like... You know whatever they want to show why that corner is rounded um but it's just going to be a dedicated windows thing it's not going to be a developer show like that that to me would be shocking yeah you know? I, and mid-may would be a good time for it though because the, if they did this in mid-may then they could do some deep dives on some stuff and build right yeah that that is a possibility I mean, maybe maybe like the week before and then they can tell you stay tuned for build where you tell me about this and that uh, um, this new development stuff, something like so, that. So um, there are some new things in this build that we haven't discussed. They're continuing. There's new personalization options for news and interests, uh, which is really, it's it's weird to me how much they're focusing on this news and interest feature. Like I, it's at the top of like every new build blog post. Like like that's that's, I feel like that's a hero feature to them. And I feel like to the user, it's not a hero feature. But, yeah, um, they're making a huge deal out of it. Personally, the feature, the personalization feature, I like the most is to be able to use it. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they still haven't enabled you still it for not me. Have it? Nope. Wow. I had it yeah, for a well, while. I had it yeah. like for the last build, and then they reset the the, the yep. rollout. I lost it again. Uh, yeah. That yeah. Was, that was a sad, a sad day. That's a shame. It, it, it's a shame that they run the insider program like that, where they just kind of A/B test, like. Like what? What could possibly be the purpose of having a feature like that, and just be like, you know what? We only want some people to be able to test it. 
You know, like why, why, why? Yeah, um, I don't get like they they have millions of people already testing it without those new features, and like people will sign up for this. They want to try new things, yeah. And they have a feedback hub yeah. for people to to express their opinion. I don't know what the point is. Like, yeah. what what use does someone have in the program when they can't they can't test the new thing that they're making? Like, they can't tell right. me that it's good or bad because they don't have it. So what what are they gonna do? It's just yeah yeah like like yeah I don't understand the point of like like the control group, you know like the control group and the experimental group or this control group doesn't have it. Like are they sitting there saying, man, I really wish I had some way to get news without opening an app, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Uh, get so it. The, the other the other notable things in this build is that paint and snipping tool are now updated through the Microsoft Store. Uh, we. <laughs> We knew paint was coming because they announced that in 2017. And I actually kind of suspect that I, I suspect that they abandoned that plan and then brought it back for a totally different purpose. You know, um, it's it's so. So, I mean, snipping tool, I, I didn't see coming. Uh, but paint was was that thing where remember, remember, they announced that it was deprecated um, back in like, I don't know, 1703, whenever paint 3D shipped. And um, they announced it was deprecated. They never actually said they were removing it, but deprecated means it's being removed at some point. Right. Um, and then, like, two days later, they're like, no, don't worry, don't, don't, don't worry, guys. Even <laughs> if we remove it, it's still going to be in the store. Yeah, so people this was, <laughs> were going mad about were that. So. freaking out. And this was, like, three and a half years ago. And so, so like, I, and I understand, because, like, paint has been there for decades, and people use it. You know, so so that it, like like getting rid of it is a big deal, and just saying like, hey, we have this Paint 3D thing now, and that's the thing you're going to use from now on. No, um, and by the way, Paint 3D apparently does 2D stuff too. I just have never used it, so I don't know. It it does. <laughs> I I feel like it's not convenient enough, and I I feel like Microsoft definitely kind of dropped the ball there. I think they, if they wanted to transition people to a new app, they should have found a better way to do it. And I think Paint yeah. is still used today because it's super easy to just take an image, paste it, and save it, and yeah. resize it or crop something. It, it's it, it's just easy for simple things. And Paint 3D, I don't think really has that. Right. So they also um, they now they they're also killing off Paint 3D. Um, so that that's something we talked about a few weeks ago. That's if on fresh installations of this new uh, of a new Insider build. Um, you don't get Paint 3D anymore. Uh, but that's not why. They're, they're just moving a bunch of stuff to being updated from the store because they can't figure out what they want the Microsoft Store to be. So, um, you know, you got Paint, Snipping Tool, um, Notepad, all that stuff's being updated through the store now. Um, like I said, they can't, they just can't figure out what they want the Microsoft Store to be. Like, remember when Office was, was being updated through the store? And, like, if you wanted to get Office 365, you had to download it from... The Microsoft Store, and and that's how it was updated, and that was it. But and then then they they said no, you can't do that anymore. That now Office, you still have to get it from Office.com or whatever. And but now all the inbox apps are being updated through the store. Yeah, I don't I don't know. They I don't think they know what they're doing with, with the Microsoft Store. But. Well, I think they know for the moment. They might change tomorrow. Or that. So. That's the Windows news for the week. Um, so yeah, it's like it's they're, they're like I said, there's a lot to unpack. So the other story, the big story for this week is that LG 
is no longer making smartphones. Which or phones had, entirely. Mobile phones. Yeah. Phones. Well, yeah. Mobile phones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the smartphones uh, are the only ones that matter. But listen, all right, all right. <laughs> um, so, you know, how do you feel about this? I actually, I want to ask you for. I I have never used an LG phone until I reviewed the K sixty one last year, and that was. Just Let me a, ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Right. Do you have the balls? Right. You have the balls to say that the LG G Flex 2 was the greatest smartphone that was ever made. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty cool that it was flexible. I don't know. I've never used it. I always had this weird... I, I, I was never very positive about LG's phones. Not because I feel like they make re- very cool hardware. But I the think software the software was awful. Yeah. People and, always and it, it, hated the software. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was so bad, and um, it really made these things hard to use. Like the first thing you had to do with a new LG phone was was install another launcher and another keyboard and stuff. But they did, they innovated on a lot, and and let's let's kind of do a little rundown on that. Um, so the G three, the LG G three, it was the first phone with a QHD display. It had laser focus on a 13 megapixel camera, which was something that uh, other companies weren't doing at the time. You got to remember like that back in like whatever it was, 2013, 2014, fast focusing on smartphone cameras was was rare if it existed at all. You know, um, so so that was big. Right. Uh, G4 had that leather back and had a lot of cool features. Um, the G5 had that whole modular thing going on, which was Wait, terrible. It was what? I'm sorry. Wasn't the G4 the one with the sound feeling back? No. No? No, that was the G Flex 2. Oh, I thought the G4 had it too. Okay. It might have also had it. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm going to get to the G Flex 2. Because that's, okay. that's the, you know, that was the greatest <laughs> phone ever made. All right? <laughs> okay. I have the ball. I want to hear that. about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. Um, but, but yeah, so G5 had that modular design. Remember that they called them like friends or something, but you had to actually shut off the phone and pull out the battery. To, to, it, was, so, so it, it was a very poor implementation. Yeah, that sucked. My girlfriend had that phone, though. I, she had the G3 and she loved it and she wanted to stick oh, with great. LG. So they, she got the G5. And she loved yeah. that too because because of that thing with the, with the, the modules. She didn't actually use the modules, but she had some issues. Nobody with uses ca- modules. She has some Nobody. issues with her carrier and she mm. ended up with like, three or four uh, units of the phone. And she didn't wow. use the all the units, but she had four battery packs. So whenever her phone died, she'd just carry another nice. one and swap so it. <laughs> that's the flaw, that's the flaw though, with, with modular phones. And the same thing goes for Motorola and the Moto Z, is just that no one actually uses them. They're not practical for actual consumers. They're practical for people like me, who will actually use this stuff? But it's like, remember, like Motorola had this 360 degree camera that you could snap on the back oh, of, a, yeah. of a Moto Z, and it's like, who the hell is going to carry this thing around? It doesn't make sense. Um, the G6 um, was the first 18 by nine phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember. So that. that was pretty cool. And then we got the V series, right? The V series had that. Um, oh, the mini the display at the top. Screen. Yeah. Yep. And let me tell you something. That was the first phone with a notch which people don't credit it for because they just call it a mini display, but it had a corner notch. Yep. And, and I have no, I had no idea why all these companies were putting notches in the middle of their display. I'm like, why don't they stick it in the corner? LG already did this. It works. Uh, but yeah, that second display was cool. They had that, uh, you know, it, it could be like a ticker for notifications, uh, shortcuts for apps. It was cool. 
They had the 32-bit Hi-Fi quad DAC. So not only did they have headphone jacks, LG stuck with the headphone jack longer than anybody. Yeah, but it was they... a good headphone jack. Right. You know? And you could hear it with just, you could you could toggle it in quick settings. So um, you could actually hear the difference between using that 32-bit Hi-Fi quad DAC and not using it. Um, yeah. yeah. And so um, the V20 and the G5 had an ultra-wide camera, which... Um, One of the first in a smartphone too, right? Yes, absolutely. And that was that was big too, because you got to remember at the time, by the way, they were also the first to use all three, because at the time, LG was big on the ultra-wide. And other companies like Apple, like Apple was using a 2X zoom lens. Uh, I, I think Samsung was also using a zoom lens. So you had to choose, like if you got a, this dual lens camera, which is a new thing at the time, you had to choose between your second lens being ultra-wide or zoom. And it's like you knew, like next year, people are just going to have all three. Like this is happening. Right. And so, so yeah, and, and LG did that. Okay. Um, what else we got? Dual screen. The dual screen accessory that they used for four different phones. Right. Uh, V50, V60, G8X, and Velvet, uh, which was not particularly good, but but, but it was innovative. It, it was big and bulky, but it was it was innovative. The software could have used work. Um, but yeah, dual screen. Um, the Nexus phones, right? Those were great. People praised those, those a ton, beloved. the Nexus 4 and 5. Yeah, because it was, it was a $350 flagship phone. And by the way, LG is the only company that made three Nexus devices. They made the 4, the 5, and the 5X. Right, yeah. And you got the Wing. The Wing is the next one. The Wing. Right? Oh, the the Wing was... was I, I was super interested in the Wing, the, just for the fact that it was different. And I think that... It's different and it's weird. It's... Uh, but it's, but it's, but it's that's cool. That's awesome, yeah. That's what, but that's what really got me about it. Is that, like, it feels like a concept phone. It feels like something that one of these companies would introduce, be like, hey, we made this thing. Here's a bunch of stuff you could do with it. And, um, you know, enter this contest, and we're giving away five of them. That's the only chance you'll ever have to put your hands on one, you know, um, <laughs> because it's a concept, you know. But they didn't do that. They, they, like, you could buy it from every major carrier. And, like, they actually sold this thing. If you want that wing, you can buy it. It's out there. Right, so that was pretty cool. It was, and I we think got... it was super cool. And, but that's the problem with LG, that they, they have these really cool concepts, but they yeah. they don't seem to have anything stable enough that they could rely on to sustain themselves. So they kept trying Absolutely. all these different things, but yeah, <laughs> keep going. Right, let's continue yeah. the retrospective. The G-Flex, that's, that's, that's the one that, I, that I'm, I'm bringing it home with because that the G-Flex 2 might be my favorite phone ever. Um, so like like they had they had the original G Flex and it had this this curved display, um, and it, it was a mid range phone. So they came back with a G Flex two the next year and it had the curved display, but instead of being seven twenty p, it was ten eighty p OLED. Um, it had the self healing back, which had a coating where if you scratched it, it would heal itself. It's amazing. And the thing about that curved display is that you could like step on it and it would flex and then it would like, it would just flex back into place. They put a flagship processor in there. It had a Snapdragon 810. By the way, it was the only LG phone that year that used the 810. They they switched to the 808 after that because the, the 810 was, was a mess. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, they had those overheating issues. It had the same camera as the G3. So it had those that laser focus and stuff. So like it was a great phone, but that curved screen was awesome. And to most people that didn't use it, you'd look at that and you say, well, that's a gimmick. 
Um, that's that's stupid. It's a gimmick. But if you used it, it felt weirdly natural to to scroll on a phone like that because you look like this is a curve, uh, like. like on your, on your, yeah, when you move your, your finger. finger works. It, and it makes sense when you use it. It's it's really it was really good and it really disappointed me when they when they stopped doing it. And they they actually replaced it with the V series. Right. That 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 was a big problem with the LG. They couldn't stick with anything long enough to, to really know yeah. if it worked because people were always gonna find the first iteration weird, right? Or there were gonna be something wrong. They had the unfortunate the, the the misfortune there of using of doing this on the eight ten was the flagship, so the pro, the performance yeah. was also pretty bad. The all yeah, these things was fine. Like like the, like the eight the eight ten by the way, for all its faults, I mean like like you know you, no no one was using an eight ten be like oh my god this is horrible. Maybe if you're doing a lot of gaming and it overheated a lot whatever, but like, like it, it was still the flagship processor of the year whatever. Um, but so, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. It, they, they really never stuck with things long enough, and like the yeah. the mo- the modular thing, they only did it for one generation. Even Motorola did well, it for but three. It was also because it was terrible. Motorola did it for four. But, four. Um, okay. Yeah. Th- yeah, but the, but that's also because it was terrible. The way that it was designed was locked into a certain device size, you know. Um, it, but but it, it just also wasn't good. I don't think anybody wrote good reviews of that modular experience. Um, do you know what everybody does have glowing reviews of though? What? what? Oh, audio books from Audible. <laughs> you yes. caught me off guard there. Darn I'm it. really glad I did. I, I'm really glad I did. Um, oh, so I'm a longtime Audible subscriber, as I say every two weeks when we do this show. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Every month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. So, that was the script, <laughs> and now I get to tell you... What's your my yeah? But I can tell you my experience with Audible, which is like it's it's a service that I'm a big fan of. So my pick this week. Well, first of all, let's recap. My first pick, uh, my pick four weeks ago was was the autobiography of Catherine Janeway. That was Star Trek, obviously, <laughs> uh, and then it was the Sandman. So I, I went from Star Trek audiobook that's narrated by the character that it's about, um, and then I went to Sandman, which is an audio drama. We're going to leave behind that sci-fi comic book genre. We're going to comedy. Oh, man. But Yeah, this the, yeah I know. I know. <laughs> oh, man. You should be excited right now. So the book is called Is This Anything by Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're, a fa- if you're a fan of Seinfeld um, or Jerry Seinfeld, like Seinfeld the show, Jerry Seinfeld the comedian, whatever, um, then you know that, that there's a certain way that – with any comedian, really, the delivery is so important, right? Just the, the way that it's said. So this book is just full of different bits, right? Um, like the whole the whole premise of the book is that a comedian will, will tell another comedian a joke and they'll say, is this anything? Is this, you know, is this worth doing? So it's all it's all bits. So you could read it off of a, off of paper or. You could listen to Jerry Seinfeld actually reading this book, and then he's actually delivering it in the way that you would want to experience it. Uh, you know, so that was really cool. 
That's my pick of the week. And guess what? Do you, I don't know if you realize this. You could get that book for free. Yeah, That's for true. totally free. And you could keep it forever. So if you go to audibletrial.com slash neowin, you're going to get your first book for free. Okay, so, well, you're going to get your first month for free. And that means that you get a credit where you can pick any book that you want and you get to keep that book forever. And you can do that right now. You can sign up, grab the book, cancel your account immediately, and you're still going to be able to keep that book forever. But I think you're going to sign up again after a month because Audible really is a great service. Um, and that's all I got. Yeah. Audibletrial.com slash Neowin. So tell us where we can find you on Twitter. You can find me at, at Indospot, I-N-D-O-S-P-O-T. One last time. I had to spell it out. Come on. All right. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I'm at the Rich Woods. And um, yeah, I guess we're never doing a podcast again. Or So, <laughs> uh, you know, there's no see you next week. So bye, guys. We'll see you guys around.